Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Spooky Girls, the podcast where we explore all sorts of real-life paranormal and creepy occurrences, from ghost sightings and hauntings to reported alien and cryptid encounters, myths, folklore, legends and more. Every week we'll cover a different true spooky story. We're your hosts, I'm Katrina. And I am Jasmine. Good evening from Hong Kong once again. Good morning-ish from the UK. <sighs> it's good to be back. It's good Yay. to be back. Yes, we, this, we're doing this a little bit late because I have had many exams and <laughs> it's been Jasmine's birthday. Yes, it has Happy been. Birthday. I'm now an old woman. So now everyone has to send me presents. That's my <laughs> that's my rule now. Now that I'm officially in my late 20s. Oh my god. Oh. Your birthday is not far off either. Yours is in 2 months. Yes it is. We're not late 20s. We're past middle 20s. It's it's technically late 20s cuz we're past mid 20s. Late late is like 28 29 I think. Fair enough. Yes. Fair enough. My friends have been like, oh my God, Jasmine's in her late 20s. And I'm like, no. Because um, I still think of myself as being like five. Like looking around my room, you could not tell. My friends got me a massive chicken nugget pillow for my birthday. <laughs> and it is the no. best thing ever. I love it so much. Um, it's about the size of my entire body. That's and beautiful. takes up the entire... I can show you actually, Catty, one second. Mm-hmm. Let me just reach into my bedroom right behind me. And the unicorn as well. This is my chicken nugget pillow. Nice. You guys can't oh, that see looks it. so comfy. But it's a giant McNugget. And it is the fucking best thing. It is the best thing I think I've ever owned. And I've owned a lot of cool shit. But mm-hmm. that's pretty, pretty fucking cool. It's beautiful. It <sighs> yes. is. I saw a really grotesque, um, like, realistic looking McNugget necklace oh. on, like, Wish. And it was truly horrifying. They had to screenshot it and send it to loads of my friends. Why is everything on Wish? <laughs> Wish is just a cursed site, I feel. <laughs> I've never seen one thing come out of that place that was good. Actually, no, I'm lying. One time when I was in uni, I bought the most amazing lipstick on Wish. And it was right when everyone was going crazy over those liquid lipsticks that go matte mm. when they dry. And um, and so this lipstick, um, it was amazing. It was perfect. It was like, it w- went on beautifully. It looked amazing. And it didn't come off unless you <laughs> used like cooking oil. And it smelt a bit like petrol. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like, yeah, this is the best. And my friends were like, whoa, you put that on your face? And I'm like, yeah, try it, try it. And they're like, no, <laughs> like, get that away from me. <laughs> I have had a very similar experience in which I actually still own quite a few. <laughs> I bought um, these lipsticks that are like clear that then change colour once they oh. um, touch heat, like your lips. Um, oh yes, and I've they have seen flower- those. They have flowers inside, so it looks so pretty. Yes. Um, but very similarly, they smelt of lots of chemicals and the packaging was actually the exact same lipstick packaging as a brand called Etude House, which is Korean. Oh yes, I know that one. I love Etude House, like all their packaging so cute. It was that exact same lipstick packaging and then they just put their own... Chemicals? Like, they must have, yeah, they must have just bought loads of this 
and it even still had the E for Etude House on it. And I just... Ah, they're very good I fakes. I was like, okay. <laughs> Fake makeup is extremely illegal, though. Like, extremely mm. Oh, yeah, because they put so much crap, crap. in it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely gave myself some kind of poisoning. I wouldn't mm. be surprised if I had, like, the the g virus or some shit like that <laughs> but on that subject on that subject <laughs> I'm not so, so, <laughs> so resident evil village is finally out and yes. um so i couldn't play it much over the weekend because it was my birthday weekend and i was being social um sadly and so <laughs> yes by social i mean drunk catty yeah um so i've been playing it i've only played it for maybe like five and a half hours total mm-hmm but oh my god it's beautiful are you, are you still are you in the castle yes i'm about to leave i need so i'm i don't want to i don't want to make any spoilers slight mm. spoiler slight spoiler i'm about to complete the last puzzle before you leave the castle i think mm. i'm about to complete that last puzzle um but it's it's very difficult to run away from tall vampire lady because <laughs> i want to run toward tall vampire lady and all out that was my aim. i want to <laughs> I want to run to like, and the details are just so 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 pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, I was too scared to actually play Resident Evil Seven. I do have it, but I'm so fucking scared. It's yeah, terrifying. It's, it's very scary. It's really to... yeah, and it's not in that like oh zombie bang bang. It's like this is this crazy southern family mm-hmm. with mold yeah. in their basement. It's like I genuinely feel threatened because I feel like this could maybe happen. <laughs> yes. So like, I do have it. Thank you, Andrew. Um, I do have the game and I'm working my way. I will play it. I will finish it one day, but not mm-hmm. today. Um, but yes, that game, I'm really enjoying it. I am really, really enjoying it. Yeah. Having a lot of fun and using it just to kind of de-stress after work is very nice. So... Sorry, that was a massive tangent. Sorry that we are late with the episode. (laughs) (laughs) It is actually because we've been playing Resident Evil. Yes, I wish. That would be fun. (laughs) That would be fun. So just before we begin, we would like to say a massive thank you to our newest patron, Jessalyn McBain. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You are absolutely lovely. Um, Thank you, Jessalyn. That's a very cool name. It sounds like mine. We can be friends. Jessalyn and Jasmine. Jessalyn and Jasmine. That sounds very cool. Yay. So um, this week, actually, I have the story. Um, instead of Catty, Catty's going to have a little bit of a break this week just to recompose herself. So... Uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> today... Um, my little story for you guys is going to be on the Monte Cristo homestead, which is Ooh. yes, which is the most haunted house in Australia. So Ooh. trying to go a bit more global. So yes, we haven't uh, ventured across to Australasia or the Antipodes much, so I thought I would uh, you know take the plunge. Yeah, little bit, little bit south of where I live currently. So, but it's only about nine hours, maybe, to Sydney, which isn't too bad. Okay, so my sources are Wikipedia, Australian Geographic, thelineup.com, and sciencefocus.com. And I would also like to say, as a reminder, I am not catty. This will not be done with the same technical precision <laughs> that you might be used to. Um, 
I apologize in advance. I will do my you best. So let's go. <clears throat> a beautiful late Victorian manor house, the Monte Cristo homestead was built in 1885 in Juni, New South Wales, Australia. It stood for many years as a residence, and today is a museum and curiosity shop, the main curiosity being the house itself. You see, the Monte Cristo homestead is more than just a beautiful pile of bricks. It's also considered the most haunted building in Australia, and is a known hotbed for tragedy, the macabre, and all manners of paranormal activity. The house's dark descent began upon the death of its original owner, William Christopher Crawley, in 1910. Grief-stricken, his widowed wife Elizabeth shut herself up in the house. She found solace in an intense relationship with God, refusing to leave the homestead for years, having transformed an upstairs chamber into her private chapel. She is said to have mimicked Queen Victoria's own elongated state of mourning and wore only black gowns and veils. She would be seen in nothing else. After many years sequestered out of sight, she died suddenly of a ruptured appendix. And so, Mrs. Crawley became the first of Monte Cristo's ghostly residents. Her presence can to this day be marked by an intermittent, biting chill in the air, as well as an overwhelming sense of sadness gripping those she haunts. Even before the deaths of the Crawleys, the house had been infamously plagued with horrible happenings. These included the alleged suicide of a pregnant housemaid, a stable boy perishing in a straw-lit fire which had engulfed him in moments, and lights flickering on and off when the electricity had been disconnected between occupants. The Crawley's youngest child, Magdalena, died as an infant when she fell down the stairs, though suspicions at the time pointed to her own nanny having dropped her down them on purpose. There is even the chilling rumour that one of the servants had kept his mentally ill son locked away in the outhouse, alone and miserable for over 30 years, where he then died. This man's presence can be marked by the ominous clanking of chains, which he had been imprisoned in for the entirety of his tragic short life. A woman dressed in blood-stained Victorian dress, can be seen pacing the upstairs veranda some nights, staring out into the desolate expanse of the mansion grounds. The most recent owners, the Ryan family, who have since restored the property, confirmed that the dark past of the homestead continues to send out ripples of the inexplicable, and downright chilling, to this very day. Disembodied sounds, animal mutilations, and a woman's sobs echoing through the halls were just the tip of the iceberg. Each member of the family seemed to have some kind of eerie experience, with one of the couple's five children entering her little brother's room to find an elderly man, dressed in clothes which seemed far outdated, stooped over him at the end of the bed. When Mr. Ryan came running after hearing his daughter's petrified screams, the figure had already vanished. 
when the young boy grew up, he attested that I always felt like someone was watching me in that room. Now the Grand Manor stands as a museum. The interiors were perfectly restored to its contemporary fashion, kitted out with a Victorian tea room for guests. The house has been featured in many TV shows and films, although, sadly, our dear Zach Bagans has yet to take the plunge. You can even take a ghost tour behind its walls and learn more about the lingering spirits who continue to call this quaint countryside manor their life after death. Boom! Woo! Told you it was short. (laughs) (laughs) It was beautiful, though. Thank you. But if you have the listener stories at hand, we could always read a couple of them. Yes, so that was a lovely story, Jasmine. Thank you so much. Um, It was a little bit short, so we will now read some listener stories to make up for... Thank you! (laughs) Bear in mind that was meant to be a Patreon episode. Yes, it was. was, Poor Jasmine was thrown in at the deep end because I... um, I'm not prepared for how long it takes to... I didn't have time. No, do not blame yourself at all, please, madam. (laughs) It's, uh, we are allowed to have short little episode break. And yes, I think reading some listener stories will be a lovely thing to do. Yeah. To flesh it out a bit. So. Okay, so this first story comes from Liana. Hey, girls. I recently started listening and I'm hooked. I can't wait to see what you'll cover in the future. But in the meantime, here's one of my stories. Recently, I took a tour of Mansfield Reformatory in Columbus, Ohio. Shit is spooky. You know I brought my black tourmaline to ward off those negative entities. I'd rather not bring more spirits into my already weird house. Although I did take a piece of peeling wall that was on the floor. Oops. I don't know if you know about the reformatory already, but here are some spooky things about it. Some of the ghosts said to haunt the place are a 14-year-old boy, a nurse, and the warden's wife, who, while reaching for something on the top shelf, dropped a gun which shot her in the chest as it hit the floor. Shadowy figures are said to be seen, as well as gusts of colder air and temperature changes, feelings of uneasiness, touches, and people being guided upstairs by ghostly hands. There are also some generally spooky areas, like the hole where people were put for solitary confinement, the cell blocks, and the shower rooms. While we were there, we didn't see any ghostly figures or anything, so oh well. It was around 2pm and there were a fair amount of people there, so I don't really blame the ghosts for not wanting to chill out in the open. I'm planning to go back at night and take an in-depth tour of the places we weren't allowed, so maybe I'll see some stuff then. Anyway, it was still pretty spooky. I got a weird suffocating feeling in certain cells, like I shouldn't be there, as well as temperature changes. In places like the hospital wing, the highest cell blocks, and the hole, I felt dizzy and my legs felt light and shaky. Then, as soon as I was out of these places, I was fine. So, I dunno, pretty wacky. I took way too many pictures, so I'll include some. 
For some pictures, the camera wouldn't focus on the room and kept readjusting like it was trying to capture motion, so that was weird. I also got some classic things like foggy spots and orbs, but that could just be dust and light. If you're ever travelling to or through Columbus, I do recommend checking the reformatory out, though. Damn. I've always found prisons so, so, so creepy. Like, those ab- abandoned ones, especially. Oh, gosh. Thank you, Liana. Thank you, Liana. That was, that was spine-tingling. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> let's see. Okay, this, this is a little one, a little short story um, from John Parker. Hello, Katrina. To Katrina only. <laughs> I hope the day finds you well. You asked me to email my personal spooky tale. As I said, I'm from a town with major history. Cahokia is one of the oldest permanent cities in Illinois, and not only does it have Native American ties, but it was also a popular slave trade post being just across the Mississippi River from St. Louis. As a preteen, I was nosy and mischievous. I would snoop around my parents' room when they left home. I'm not sure what I was looking for, I was just doing it because I shouldn't, probably. I opened their door and swung it to my left. As I entered, a chest of drawers was just to the right inside the doorway. After poking around a bit, not finding anything of interest, I left. As I walked out the door, I passed the chest of drawers on my left. One of my parents had left a glass of water sitting upon it. The glass was not on the edge. It was several inches from it if not sitting dead centre. As I walked out, my peripheral vision caught something moving on top of the chest. The momentum carried me forward, but I turned around to see what it was. The glass of water had slid several inches to the edge and had fallen straight onto the floor. The glass was sitting perfectly upright, without a single drop spilled, and not even a ripple on the water's surface. I was officially creeped out. Thanks, John. That was indeed Ooh. terrifying. And he's also left us some links to check out um, his town of Cahokia. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, sorry if it's not pronounced right, but I yes, I'm very sorry. Cahokia. But damn, oh, something moving. Just that something moving on the chest of drawers and just putting the water. I mean, that's a pretty tame interaction, I would say, as far as like it could have fucking thrown it at you, bro. <laughs> could have been like fuck you have the water you know mm-hmm. but uh i guess it was just showing off maybe showing off its power mm. damn so for our final listener story today this one comes from tremaine darnell who um, is also from liverpool and i've spoken to a couple of times so he says i recently connected again with an old friend and he asked me whether I remembered the scary house from where I used to live. So here's the story. This was when I was about 14 or 15, and a group of about five of us lads used to hang about together, getting up to all sorts. Where I used to live, there was an old house that was in a row of three, with this house being furthest to the right. Its garden on the side was all overgrown up to the railing, that stopped people getting on the train track embankment next to it. The front garden was knee-high in bushes as well. All the paint was peeling, and it was in generally a bad state. 
the last person to live there was an old guy with no family and he passed away. One day, just as it was going dark, we were walking past and one of my mates dared me to go in and see what I could see. So off I went. I couldn't see through the windows, so I thought I'd look through the letterbox. I lifted the flap and had to force the other side open with a stick. It was dark and very messy inside, but all I could make out was an old chair with books stacked up on it, and on top of the books, facing me at my eye level, was an old jester-type clown. As soon as my eyes locked onto it, the letterbox flap inside the house slammed shut. I shit you not, I have never covered 200 metres so quickly in my life. And yes, I never went near the house again. Oh, god damn. That is <laughs> That's horrible. very, very, very creepy. It oh is. my god. <laughs> Clowns. I don't have, what's it called, like chlorophobia whatever it is i don't have that but that is fucking gross whatever it's called yeah i don't really either i think we've discussed this i think it's because there aren't there aren't very many clowns like clowns aren't really a thing necessarily in the uk (laughs) yeah we don't like you might have a clown for like a birthday party maybe but even then probably not but they're not um I had a clown for my, like, fifth birthday party. Oh, God, why would you do that? <laughs> no, he was lovely. He wasn't, like, super dressed as a clown. He, like... Oh, just, like, made he... you balloon animals and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, we, yeah, we, we don't really have, like, circuses and stuff. One of my friends... My friend Cassie... So... Hi, Cassie. Uh, so she she runs a children's, like, birthday party entertainment company. And mm. um, she dresses up as, like, a Disney princess and goes to parties and stuff and um makes balloon animals and she's amazing at them and she was making balloon animals for people at my birthday party this year (laughs) and I've always wanted her to brand herself as a clown and just not but just like go as herself (laughs) (laughs) oh lord yeah clowns aren't really a done thing anymore um I, I do think it would be a really really fun thing just to have on your cv profession clown every day but yeah thank you thank you all of you damn yes thank you all so much and we still have loads other stories to read next time we're running short on time too so you know (laughs) but yeah yes please send us some more of your stories yes we love them and they are always always very very fun to read out yes thank you so much guys so Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Jasmine, for reading the story today. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, thank you so much for listening, and we hope to have you back for next week's episode. If you want to get in touch for any reason, just to say hello or to send us a story of your own true paranormal or spooky experience, please email us at spookygalspodcast at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Twitter at Spooky Girls Pod, and on Instagram, at Spooky Girls Podcast. If you want to support us further, then you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash spookygirls, and from as little as $2 a month, you gain access to bonus episodes and other awesome content that we have planned for the future. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you all next time. Stay spooky. Goodbye. Bye, Bob.